Hello, and welcome to episode 73 of A Better Father. It's been a minute, has it not? I apologize for that. And as I sit down here, I've got my cup of tea, and I just got back from C2E2, which is the Chicago Comic-Con and Convention. Comic-Convention, something like that. Anyway, C2E2 in Chicago, comic book convention. And... It's really amazing how cool it is to be in that environment and be around all those people. It also, you have moments of clarity. So this is going to kind of be all over the place, but I've really been trying to get off my butt and start doing this again. I just had to pull my head out of my butt to get to the point where I would start doing this again. So there's a comic book writer, Joshua Williams, and he writes The Flash, my favorite character. And he was talking about how... um, there's a scene in the comic where, and I really wanted to ask him this, but he wasn't able to make it today for whatever reason. In one of the comics, he wrote this scene where Flash Barry Allen, which don't worry about that if you don't know comics. If you do, then you know what I'm talking about, was talking to his wife, Iris, and she kind of gave him the gut check moment of, you know, stop being, having self-pity and, you know, seeing yourself as, you know, this guy who isn't good enough strong enough fast enough blah 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 and realize the good you do in the world and let's start there and it was just that gut check get over yourself moment which i find a lot of very inspiring things podcasts comic books regular books doesn't matter it's all out there to be processed i did not read that comic i don't think and if i did i missed that moment so i really wanted to find out what issue it was but i'll just uh twitter them or something but uh anyway He was asked a question during a panel where he was sitting up there talking about comics. And he was asked, well, if you didn't do comics, what would you be doing right now? And apparently there is another comic book creator out there who he stole his answer from. And the response was, you act like I had a choice. And it's just, this was it. Like, I would have, I'm quoting him or paraphrasing or making up things around that answer but to me he was saying he would have been a garbage man a shoe salesman a ceo of a company whatever as long as he was doing comics also and it was just something for him that wasn't a choice and these people when i listen to them they really do have similar stories to mine as a child of how we got they got into comics of the role comics played in their lives and how passionate they were and for the most part and not to stereotype comic book lovers but kind of to a t they were kind of outsiders who introverted didn't have a lot of friends for the most part whatever there's always exceptions to every role but that seems to be a common theme of just a core group of friends or not a lot of friends or no friends and comics were that kind of outlet savior for them and I think a lot about what what it is in somebody's brain, what it is that connects or makes them do the thing. I think about this all the time with entrepreneurs. Now, I'm not saying this in any like connected to me sort of way, but I just listened to Malcolm Gladwell's new book, Talking to Strangers. Not at all what I thought it was about, but... I'm jumping all over and I apologize. I just wanted to make sure I did this. So let me kind of take a rewind here. So for the last, I moved out. I now have an apartment. It's a two bedroom apartment for my daughter and I. We are on a parenting plan of 50-50. So 
I get her, my daughter, every Monday, Tuesday, Monday after school, Tuesday after school, Wednesday drop her off for school, her mom gets her Wednesday after school, Thursday all day, Friday until after school, and then it's either a two-day or a five-day, so then if it's my weekend, I get her Friday after school until Wednesday morning. If it's her mom's weekend, she gets her Friday after school until, or Wednesday after school until Monday morning, so... It's called a three two five or something. Just it's mind-numbingly horrible how how stupid and horrible all this stuff is. So I was self-medicating with wine because I was living in a horrible environment with an abusive person, and and just sitting in my room and just drinking wine and watching movies and whatever. So that's why I have my tea, because I've been two weeks of just drinking tea, and like once I got out and away from her, all of a sudden, like, oh, like, I started to feel normal, and I started to get myself back, and started to enjoy life again, and some level. So it's a beautiful thing. It's just also something to be aware of, because when you're stuck in the moment, it's hard to see how something could be better or feel better. And there's a lot of these themes that I'm just spitting out right now that I hopefully will talk more about because I've been, in my absence, I've been listening to a lot of other podcasts and I've been getting inspiration, knowledge, and perseverance through podcasts and books mainly. Um, Talking to friends and having people in my life to support me, but where I'm gaining the pieces that are filling in these moments of doubt, and I guess I could put audiobooks there, audiobooks, podcasts, and books. And it feels like, podcasts feel to me like the moment in the Matrix where they jack the thing into Neo's head and he's just like, I know Kung Fu. Well, it's just that podcasts are way slower than, you know, having something jacked into your head and learning Kung Fu. They do help teach you a lot. And there's a podcast called The Science of Happiness where they help practice gratitude. And the thing that's hard and the thing that I am focusing on right now is that these things are great, but it's amazing how hard it is to do something simple. Last year, starting at the beginning of January, like four or five days in, Rich Roll had posted something to his Instagram about a daily challenge of 10 push-ups, 10 sit-ups. And I did it pretty much consistently almost every day for five, six, seven months, something like that. It was quite a while, and it was literally almost nearly every day. I maybe missed a day or two here or there or something, but that was about it. And then one day, it just became hard to do that. Just couldn't find the moments. It was easier to sit and do nothing. It was easier to stare at the TV and then to do these things. And so the way this ties into Malcolm Gladwell's book, because all of these things are coming together in a certain specific way or they're all playing off each other this knowledge base of getting this is one of the things Malcolm Gladwell talks about is he looks at well he starts off looking at a shooting of a black female in Texas and how that was considered this racist thing and he looked at the cops and he looked at it from all angles instead of just being like the cop was a racist horrible bad guy and this lady was just this black girl who got pulled over and shot because she deserved it kind of thing and he explores literally the history of human psychology and conversation and how we interact with each other to bring this book all the way back to this shooting in Texas well actually not a shooting I apologize she got pulled over taken out of her car put in jail and then she ended up hanging herself two days after being put in jail and 
not to spoil the story here or anything, but basically it comes down to she never should have been put in jail. So I don't want you to think like Malcolm Gladwell is like, oh, the cop did nothing wrong and she did something or whatever. No, he just looked at how everything led to these moments that it got to this point where she ended up in jail, which should have never happened, but this is how it did happen. So one of the things he looks at is um, they have been trying to put a net on the Golden Gate Bridge for decades now because it's the largest, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly in the book, it is the largest structure, man-made structure, whatever structure in the world where people kill themselves. And the reason they don't have a net up yet is because basically the taxpayers in San Francisco have ruled against it because they don't want to pay money for something. Somebody's going to like get saved by the net and then turn around and kill themselves anyway. So like, what's the point of spending our money on this net if these people who are determined to kill themselves are just going to go do it after they get saved by the net? And that seems reasonable on some level, but what... Malcolm Gladwell shows is that they did a test with the 500 people that were saved by somebody or didn't go through with it or didn't die when they hit it. Out of the 500, only four went out and actually killed themselves afterwards. And the point was that when people get stuck in a moment, that moment bears down on them. And then that moment dictates, in some cases, either A, the rest of their life, if they do something that's not self-harming and deathing to them but then they do something else that's bad or whatever because just in this moment they do this thing and what it, they have found through psychology and through testing and research and talking to the people that would have killed themselves in that moment that they were happy they didn't do it it was just the moment that became so hard and so overwhelming and so overbearing to them that they couldn't pull their heads up and so then they did this thing but if they got stopped then they're like, oh my gosh, that was that moment that was so bad that I couldn't see past the hand in front of my face that I was going to do this thing. And so the way that ties together with me is, or my situation, or presumably situation of other people or anybody who may find this podcast or have found it and then you know wondered what happened to it for months on end, is it was just a moment that I was stuck in that I couldn't pull my head out of. I couldn't do the push-ups. I couldn't do the sit-ups because, one, I was living with this horrible human being that blah, 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 blah. But once I got out, then my head kind of popped out of the sand. It was like, oh, yeah, there's still life around me. Like, oh, my gosh, there's still things that can happen. Oh, my gosh. Like, it took a while, and it's still taking a while. It's not like everything's better. I was actually... This is a whole other sidetrack, but I was listening to Amazon last week music, and it popped up with, uh, uh, oh my gosh, what is her name? Hold on one sec while I look it up, because I am doing this podcast off my uh, off the fly to make sure it got done instead of coming up with another excuse not to do it. So, Taylor Swift, this is why we can't have nice things. And oh my gosh, did that song just hit me in the right spot at the right time. Now, before you make fun of me, for anybody out there, one, she's like the number one artist in the world. So I'm not the only male dude who likes her because there's a lot of teenage girls in the world, but they cannot make her the number one artist in the world. Just saying. But I was listening to uh, Michael Rosenbaum's Inside of You podcast, and it was with the guitarist from the band Corn, And he was talking about how he listens to uh, Ariana Grande. Apparently she has a song, Breathless or something. 
and just how great she is. And Michael Rosenbaum was like, oh, I couldn't listen to that. He's like, oh, you got to listen to Breathless, which I still mean to do because it sounds great the way he described it. But it's just like, you just never know where you're going to find a good song or good inspiration or whatever. So if anybody's judging the Taylor Swift thing, bye bye But anyway, so, but it just like sparked something that made me happy. And who knows why? Maybe it's the beat. Maybe it's, you know, the psychology of the way my head worked at the time. But I had a really good day. And it turned out to be a good time to have a really good day because of uh, C2E2 this weekend. And then, you know, being in a spot to just walk around it. Like I couldn't get inside C2E2 fast enough. So all of this being that as I've been listening to these podcasts and figuring out gratitude and stuff, and I don't have a full answer to this, but it's that keeping you, knowing you're in a bad moment. And that's what these podcasts, audiobooks, and books have done for me is that as long as I can keep repeating, as long as I can keep saying, this is a bad moment, this is a bad moment, and no, it's just this moment, then it, then it, you know, it's going to end. And maybe not in super well or whatever, but, and again, I don't want to be Pollyannish because there are plenty of people suffering in this world and there's plenty of horrible things and plenty of people can't pull their heads out. But what I wonder, and not labeling, not judging, nothing, this is about me and wondering if you don't ever figure out that you will get out of it, what role that plays in, in people not getting out of it and you know they there's stuff about them building like little shacks and stuff for homeless people because they just need a roof over their head they need an opportunity because they again my presumptions here is that they just got into the spot and then the cycle just perpetuated itself nobody's gonna hire a homeless man to come you know flip burgers or at mcdonald's or run a company but if they have a place to stay if they can get a shower if they can get cleaned up then they can start to do something and I feel it's horrible that some people say oh they just don't want to there's always somebody who doesn't want to do anything you find plenty of rich kids who inherited their parents money who don't want to do anything for some reason we just think it's okay because they have money where if it's somebody who just says no I'd rather live on the streets and get bread or whatever then that's not okay you're a bad person because you didn't inherit money or whatever I don't I could go all over the place which obviously I am but I've learned a lot these last few months, and there's a lot of things I would like to share and kind of start getting this back on track. But the reason I haven't been doing it is because I've been letting myself still get distracted. And I, I have to tell myself that's okay. But I've been going back to the gym. I've been running. I've dropped like 10 pounds since I left. Just so you know, my normal weight's around 135, 140. I was over 160, and now I'm below 155, so... I literally lost like 10, I, I swear to everything, I lost five pounds moving out of that house. Not because I moved stuff out of the house, it was just all of a sudden I was out of there and like I was probably just standing up straighter and smiling more and like five pounds just disappeared and then running and stuff has made another five pounds disappear. And so it took like two weeks, like just one, I've been eating better, two, I haven't been drinking wine nightly slash daily and just kind of getting myself back on track and just pulling my head up. And at no point do I judge myself or think I was bad or whatever for doing any of those things. I did what I needed to do to keep my head as level as possible until I got to a spot where I could start to pull my head up out of the sand and look up and look around and realize the world was still out there because it was horrible to be with this person daily. And like even now, like, I don't want her coming into this house ever because don't taint it. You destroyed my other house. You 
blah, 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 blah. But anyway, all these side notes. And there's a lot of things I want to talk about with divorce as far as the divorce side of this as a better father. And another piece of this pie as I bring this together and get back on track and the way I'm going to try to work this into the whole theme of a better father is now having to be a better father as a divorced father. Side note, we're not actually divorced yet. That's a story for another time because I've been sidetracking all over the place. But um, but how, how I talk to my daughter, how I try to talk to my daughter, how I listen to these pieces of stories like uh, Neil Pashrika has his podcast, Three Books, which will bring me to another side story in just a second. But um, he was talking to a father where, and I feel like this is more in line with my thought process and my daughter, even though I've been berated for it, is he, whoever he was talking to, and again, I did not plan or try to set this up correctly in any way, shape, or form. I just jumped in with my hot tea, although I almost grabbed a glass of wine because I was like, ooh, this will be fun. But nope, I went with her tea instead. But um, he's talking about how his kid was juggling an egg or throwing an egg up or whatever not neil but the author he was talking to and it's a guy who's written a kid's book out of new york i think it's like this fun kid's book where the alphabet is p is for pterodactyl i believe is the name of the book but anyway how his kid was playing with an egg or whatever and threw it smashed it on the floor and he's like and i'm paraphrasing here again but something about how parents would get mad or whatever at their kid and he's like the kid's just exploring they're trying to figure out the world and they're learning physics like I feel like there are things that some people do instinctually and there are other people who do things because they're smart and they understand the process behind it. And a lot of my parenting has been kind of like, oh, this feels right. This doesn't feel right. This makes me feel bad as a parent. This doesn't make me feel bad as a parent. I did this and it made me feel bad as a parent. I did this and it didn't make me feel bad as a parent. So I'm just kind of winging this, but also like judging like, oh, yelling at my kid for making a mess. Like why did that, like perfect example in the car today i'd set food beside her because we were driving back from c2e2 and she just wanted to get back and blah 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 that's another side note because she had a hit with what divorce is all about earlier because she wanted to come stay at our house and it's her mom's night her mom was nice and blah 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 let me take her to c2e2 because it's a special thing for us and yada 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 and and she got so sad she just wanted to leave. And she was literally just had her head against the side of her stroller because I brought a stroller this time because she's gotten bigger and heavier and I can't carry her every time she crashes out. So finally I put it together. And tears were just literally dripping out of her eyes. She wasn't bawling. She wasn't screaming. She just had her head against the stroller and it was killing me. And just a tear drop. Just every once in a while a tear would drop because she realized she wasn't going to see dad after going to C2E2. She wasn't going to get to cuddle up next to me with all of our C2E2 stuff. And it just killed me. But anyway, so that just took me off track. Oh, so the guy Neil was talking to. But I feel like this guy is doing things because he's smart. <laughs> but it's also in line with me where it's like, oh, yeah, so how that all came together with the C2E2 story. I'm sorry I'm all over the place, but I wanted to get this out. So I'm going to probably repeat that because I'm still trying to learn how not to apologize for everything. And if you're listening to this, you're choosing to listen to this, which thank you for doing so. So I set her food beside her. We're driving back. She goes to grab this little barky dog. And which is another side story. Man, so many side stories. But she knocked the food over. And I kind of had that moment of like, gee, come on. But I was like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> Why was the food there? Oh, because I set it there. Why was the dog underneath the food? Oh, because I set it there. 
and why did the food get knocked over? Because I said it on her favorite new thing she got at C2E2 today. So I was getting ready to get mad at my daughter for grabbing a thing that I knew was her favorite new, literally favorite new thing. She begged me for that dog. I tried to talk her out of it just because I wanted her to like explore more and see how she really wanted to spend her money. But she was just like, doggy, 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 doggy. And I'm just like, fine. Because I told her she could have 40 bucks to spend however she wanted, which I was literally not listening to what I had told her when I said, you have 40 bucks to spend however you want. And then the second thing I tell her is you can't spend the money on the thing you want. But anyway. So we went and got this dog and she just loved it. And then me being the genius father that I was, put her food on top of the daughter, or on top of the daughter, <laughs> on top of the dog. And she knocked over her food. And then my first reaction was to get mad at her for knocking over food. Lucky I didn't get mad at her. And I actually even said something about like, well, that was my fault. And she just like, haha, yeah, it was. And I was like, yeah, it was, totally was. I should have known better. She's six and a half, she could have, you know, ask for help or something but she's a kid she saw her favorite toy she grabbed it and boom mess so that's kind of on me I think you might disagree with that but it was just a moment of how can I handle this differently and why am I going to yell at my kid for putting her food on top of her new favorite toy that's just dumb as an adult and it would be easy to yell at the kid it would be easy to blame the kid the kid maybe even be at fault at 10 20 30 90 percent I don't know what it is but instead of being a mad moment, a screaming moment, a frustrated moment, pulling over and blah, 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 blah moment, it was uh, my daughter ended up laughing at me because I was like, well, that was my fault. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, so that's what this guy kind of reminded me of. It's like, what what is my kid doing and how am I getting mad at my kid versus how am I responding to my kid, inspiring my kid, working with my kid, helping my kid be better better how am I making this situation not be her getting hurt or upset or whatever because I feel the need to control a situation or be mad at a situation which technically I created so um yeah I don't know it's like you want to teach your kids things you want to show them things or whatever but like if a kid breaks an egg tossing it up and down and figuring out how it works or even figuring out that if you drop the egg it cracks like they just learned something. Are you going to scream at them, yell at them? Are you going to discourage them from learning new things, exploring new things? Because that seems like what you would do if the next time the kid's like, ooh, I want to know how this works. And they're like, oh yeah, last time I tried to experiment or explore, I got reamed out and yelled at and told I was a bad person or I had to go sit down because mom or dad was so mad that I dropped an egg that I'm just not going to try to figure out how this thing works. And if we don't have kids trying to figure out how things work, we don't get new things that work in new and different and better ways. So how about we stem our kids with a broken egg on the floor or we don't yell at them for putting, getting their favorite toy after you've put their food on top of it because you're a genius. So that's that learned for a moment. Um, so anyway, C2E2, my other side story. She buys this little dog. It's 15 bucks. It's probably worth about $3 tops. It's these three guys at a booth just like, literally handing it to my daughter i was like i told her not yet and they're like ah. and she's like i want the purple one and i'm like let's just wait and that was dumb anyway so we go back we get the dog and it's just like <laughs> only it doesn't take those breaths that i just took to bark like that because it's a battery powered dog that goes <laughs> and this lady walks up beside me as we're walking through artist alley and she's like i bet you regret buying that for your daughter and i was like and the thing to say is like, ha, 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 yeah. I was like, I don't know. I just don't like 
doing stupid cliche crap, which is <clears throat> probably a percentage of why the marriage ended, because I wasn't just willing to do stupid cliche crap. But I was just like, no, I don't. I'm mean, like, honestly, I don't even really re notice that stuff anymore. And she's just happy playing with it or whatever. And she just looked at me. She's like, oh, you're a really good dad. I was like, oh, thanks. Like, hmm, I don't ever hear that ever. So it was really sweet and nice to hear that. Um, again, there are a couple of my friends that tell me. And my dad tells me and my other dad sometimes tell me. My mom has told me before. But I'm just saying in a random daily life from people that don't, like, interact with me every day and stuff. Or, you know, the person who was my wife for six years. I didn't hear that I was a good dad. And so, like, this random lady at C2E2 just looked at me with, like, a surprise on her face. It's like, oh, you're a really good dad. Oh, thanks. You're right. I am. So, let's talk the nuts and bolts here. I think, and I'm going to share this with you, and I know I'm not doing a better father than here. Well, I guess I kind of am. So, I've had... I can't tell you how many podcasts in my head prepared and ready to go to sit down and talk about everything I want to talk about as far as the divorce, as far as my daughter, as far as interacting with this, as far as getting out of this, the good moments, the bad moments, everything that I could have been sharing week in and week out for me, for you, for anybody who's getting anything out of this or wants to get anything out of this or just likes the sound of my voice. But I went and saw Neil Pashrika. The Book of Awesome, I believe is his newest book. All of his books, not all of them, but I'd say 90% of his books have an awesome theme to them, which is awesome. Haha, <laughs> But uh, anyway, so I went and saw him do a book signing in a Orland Park, a little bookstore there. Great bookstore, can't remember the name of it because I didn't prepare for this. But um, I got talking to him, and honestly, I was like, oh my god, we could totally be best friends forever. Like, he was just really cool. We're about the same age. I felt like if I, and I tried to stay there and talk, and then I realized, like, I don't want to be that guy, but I was like, I will give you a ride back to your hotel, dude. Like, don't buy a lift. Be with me. And I was like, we could totally be friends and do this. It would be awesome. But um, anyway, he was really nice, really super cool, and just whatever. And then he made, had me make a video to Ritual, which I totally bombed telling him like thanks you've inspired me and helped me run ultras and stuff which was cool to know that i got to do that to rich like who knew i'd ever have the opportunity to thank him personally so um so i did that and um i was talking to him i told him about my podcast oh he was going through my phone looking at my podcasts and he was like and he was like oh what's this one i'm like oh i do a podcast a better father and he's like call in say anything you want talk about this book signing blah 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 blah. so in my head i'm like putting this all together he's like just on your way home tonight call in and i'll put it on the air and mention your podcast <laughs> what one of the number one podcasts on itunes and he was going to have me say it on air to everybody who listens hear that silence yeah that was me for months after him saying that. I don't know the amount just being sad and keeping my head in the sand kept me from doing this podcast or just actually. And then I was like at her house and I just started to feel like she was like somehow hearing me or something because weird stuff started to happen or she kept like responding to things. So either she had my computer or email or something. I don't know. It was weird. So I got a little paranoid. But on top of that, I haven't done one since Neil's book signing because he told me to mention my podcast on there and I froze. Like literally I was doing this underground 
anybody who found it or I told a couple friends or whatever, hello friends listening. Um, I finally made another one, but, um, and I had more listeners than I had friends I had told about this. There was a few more people than just the people I told listening, which is cool. But to go from, you know, 11 to 20-ish, I think my peak was like 150 people who sampled this or something. But I think consistently at the time, I was around 11, 20, something like that. I would look at the numbers, but I didn't want to like process the numbers or think about them. So I would look to make sure I posted it because I actually forgot to post it one time. But um, that's how I saw the numbers. So I don't really know. I would, I would say being fair, I was probably at like 11 tops, but who knows? I could know. But after he said that, I just froze and was like, I can't, I can't do that. I can't, what? No, like, what if somebody <laughs> listens to my podcast, I'm putting out the dumbest thing that ever went through my head. But I was just in such a bad state and feeling so miserable and sad and just like defeated. And I, this is a whiny, as Bill Maher says about President Trump, whiny little bitch, because that was me, was just like, ugh. Like, I just couldn't handle it. It was so pathetic. Like, I could have been making podcasts at the library if I was worried about something at the house. I could have been making them in my car, which I had done before. Anything I could have done. I could have called in just Neil and said, hey, don't post this just yet. But no, I just wimped out and disappeared and got scared. And then, so after listening to C2E2 or listening to people at C2E2, talking to people, you know, just like there's a Sean something murray is doing a batman series called batman white knight he literally somehow fell into it he made this thing because he was working with a super top writer scott snyder doing like all these cool projects with batman and he got this kind of like side batman project and he's like there's no way they're gonna let me do this there's no way this is gonna last he's like i'll get out the four or five issues or whatever miniseries he was gonna do and whatever and he's like and then it just took off and he's like i'm just right and i talked about this i don't mean this to be insulting but it's like you're making the ultimate batman fan fiction right now where you just get to like stuff out and just put it on the page and it's just amazing that you're doing this and and he's like no yeah you're right it is it's like all batman stories are just fan fiction at the end of the day and i was like oh yeah good point because i didn't want to insult you because i mean that is a compliment but it's so cool you get to do it but anyway um so I've just listened to all these inspiring stories and these things from people and the way they just like, I just had to do this. And then, you know, the talking to strangers book and everything else, I just got to this point where I was like, okay, so if things are so bad, if you just let yourself digress to a point where you can't pull your head out of your butt or out of the sand or whatever you want to say, like, then why don't you just try something? And I can say that because I know what it's like to not even be able to throw myself on the floor and do 10 push-ups. Like, I was busting them out left and right for a few months there, and then all of a sudden I just couldn't do it anymore. Literally just couldn't do it. I couldn't read books. I just sat there staring at the TV, being sad isn't even the right word. It was just, it was like a weird mix of miserable and lethargy, lethargy, lethargic. Just lethargy of counter to lethargic anyway it was just this weird mix of just like immobility and i just i was drifting through through life and just trying to get from point a to point b and then when it wasn't my time to be with my daughter but being in the same house and her mom would just keep her away to be nasty because she's gross and then it was just like everything was just sad and i just couldn't function i wasn't running i wasn't doing anything which side note i have been running um 
not this weekend because see do we do and then i would have went running tonight but i was like no i'm gonna clean up and do a podcast and that is just as important because i need this but anyway so i know what it's like to just not be able to get your head out of your butt to function but at a certain point or a certain time then like don't you want to just get your head out of your butt and function (laughs) like don't you just want to be able to move forward a tiny little bit somehow and and I do I did I have a kid like I was sad being that way like I wasn't sitting in my sadness I don't think I was just tired I was sad of being that way and seeing a version of myself I didn't like and then just not being able to do it and I was like I don't know how I get out of this I don't know how I pull my head out of my butt and function. And then, okay, this is going to be a longer topic. I might write about it a little bit too because I need to get back on my blog. But I've read all these self-help books, The Book of Awesome. I'm reading, I used to be a miserable F-U-C-K right now or F asterisk C-K. Great book, lots of neat tips about being a man and stop being a boy and stuff like that. And it's, you know, but I've been reading uh who lost my cheese or who found my cheese or whatever it was where's my cheese and like all these management books all of these things and what i was sitting here thinking and i was each of these little things are piecing together in my head all these little things have helped me get my head head out of my butt and move forward so i'm not denouncing them at all but i've read all these things and all of these pieces and then it just just like oh wait a minute and i want to do more on this so i'm just saying this really skimmily but it's going to come back around is that everything I need to get moving, I learned in like third grade when somebody told me the theory of a body in motion tends to stay in motion, a body at rest tends to stay at rest. That's it. I can read all of these great books which have helped or like pieces have pulled out to get me moving or whatever. But at the end of the day, I almost feel like that's all these books are saying. In some way, shape, or form, all these writers, authors, creators, comic book artists, whatever, anybody creating something in a self-helpy type category or way are literally just saying a body in motion tends to stay in motion, a body at rest tends to stay at rest, and you need to start moving. You want to be a better writer? Write. You want to be a better runner? Run. You want to give up on life and wait for it to end stay on the couch watching amazon netflix blah 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 don't set goals don't do these things but waking up in the morning i've been doing mostly daily hit or miss some days but i've been almost daily with neil pashrika's uh you know daily journal which a lot of people have daily journals now and his is just like the two minute thing where it's like what am i grateful for What's one thing I'm going to let go of? What's three things I'm going to focus on? Whatever. A body in motion tends to stay in motion. You get up, you write, you focus on those things, and that gets you moving. You have a goal, you have a purpose, you have put yourself in a forward motion. Getting up and writing was part of how I got up and started moving. Is It wasn't like I just started running one day. It's, I started writing one day. I started getting up and doing this journal. I started writing in my journal. I want to be running. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, 
I can write about wanting to be running or I can start running. <laughs> and I needed to write it down one time, two times, 20 times before I started doing it. But it was that forward momentum, the body in motion, got me in motion. And it's been amazingly helpful. And it's still some bad days. I always like to focus on that because it's not like and little birds start flying around me like I'm a Disney princess, but I just, I got one foot in front of the other and I started moving out that door and it's been great. And now I'm waking up a little earlier with a purpose. Like before I would just sit around this house and just lay here like, what's the point in my life until I had to go to work and then I would get to work like a minute or two before and then and then I just I was just kind of like lugging myself through life and it was just like okay well this is pointless and I made it not pointless anymore so yeah I have rambled on for a good amount of time and thank you for listening I am really happy to putting this out friends don't try to trick you the title of that um (laughs) comes out of the Taylor Swift song so yeah listen to it it's got a great beat and it makes me happy and it also speaks directly to my ex which is kind of funny because like you're a horribly disgusting human being and then i gave you a second chance and you turned out to be a disgustingly horrible human being twice my fault which is another thing i read in a comic book which i know like that's just where i got stuff and some comic books have been really well written with some really deep great insights some are just fun but you know some of that anyway i remember this from like an eric larson spider-man comic book and it was fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me or as our previous president george bush said fool me once shame on me if you fool me a second time in tennessee then you can't fool somebody more than you fooled them the other time from the first time that something something Totally paraphrased, I'm screwing that up, but you get my point. So anyway, um, had a good day, had a good weekend. I'm back, baby. So I don't know how these are going to come out because I live alone now and I'm alone a lot. Not, Not as lonely as I was, still lonely. Not as lonely as I was, but still lonely. But being alone is better in a house alone is better than being alone sleeping next to the person that you said i do till death do us part and apparently that means four years and a lot of cheating but anyway we're gonna start focusing on the good and i'm starting to get a sense of humor about this and feel better about everything because man once you get away from that person yeah yeah everything they say is true that's a whole other story for a whole other time and i've already dragged this out way too much thank you for listening to a better father as i rambled on and on and on hopefully you appreciated my rambles and getting to hear me talk this way we are gonna be back tomorrow the day after that next week it's hard to say but we will be back and when we are back we will talk about all the wonderful things we do actually i might just do this as rambles a few times get the crap out of my head that's been in my head and then i'll start to like structure it back down again like i was trying to do near the end there but i believe this is episode 73 or is it supposed to be 74 i'll have to find out but you have either been listening to episode 73 or episode 74 of a better father and thank you for listening i have missed each and every one of you who has been listening 
Oh my gosh, it is supposed to be episode 70. Oh no, this is right, 73. Banana Popsicles was 72. 73. Gosh, I wonder what the date on that was. All right, I'm going to go now. I've been rambling, but I've had fun rambling, and I appreciate you listening. And uh, there's going to be more to come where I'll talk about the lovely loveliness of divorce and the horrible horribleness of putting your child through a divorce and how to try to be a better father while doing it all. Because I am. All right. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.